On this Aviation special, we take a look at networking AV over IP, private land versus public land, what sort of architecture, and how we get those protocols to play well with others. All that and more next on this Aviation special. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is an AV Nation special. Networking AV over IP. This is Tim Albright with AV Nation. We're doing an AV Nation special. Uh, we are taking a look at the current state of AV over IP and some of the architecture and some of the, the honestly, the programs that are available with us to talk about that very thing. Uh, first and foremost, uh, closest to me, actually, uh, is my old buddy, Mr. Eric Snyder from Conference Technologies. How are you, sir? I'm doing great today. Good. Uh, also with us is Mr. Paul Miller. Paul is from AVI Systems. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. And last but not least, uh, John Hinkle. John is with Netgear. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Happy to be here. So let, let's kind of uh, go that down the list here. Um, Eric, we'll start with you on this. Avix has released a couple of numbers uh, in their own research about the adoption rate for AV over IP. Uh, what is we? What do we? When we look at those numbers and we look at you know what you guys are hearing and, and seeing uh, in your projects and what you're putting into place, are those numbers bearing out? Is that that about accurate for for adoption rate for AV over IP? I think so. Actually, I think our numbers might be slightly higher, only because well, way back when we had to get uh, we were thrown in some projects that were advanced. So. We've been dealing with it probably a little longer than most people, only because we brought in we were brought in some niche niche products and started learning about it probably a little bit a little bit earlier than other guys just by chance, you know. So for us, uh, it's getting actually pretty hard to justify um, using standard matrices anymore, uh, just with the cost savings for it. I mean, even down to um, can't think of anything right now that I would use a large backpoint matrix for that's over a four by four that can that will that will pan out financially uh, cheaper than, than, than the matrix itself versus an ABA or IP solution. Paul, is that the the driving force there? Is it the the large backplane um, systems? We're not, we're not talking about a two by two or a, a four by four matrix, but we're talking about you know sixty four by sixty fours. Absolutely. Yeah, it's all back to the economics of what's going on. Um, being able to go through and pack that much technology and again, bandwidth inside of again, a network, whether it be what we would call an AV network or the customer's production network. Again, the idea of trying to go through and build this up in the classic matrix side, the costs are staggering. Let's talk about the, the, the cost of that and, and bringing that back around to some of the, the cost benefit analysis, Eric. When you're looking at, is there is there a magic number? <laughs> I mean, and, and we all kind of joke the fact that, you know, yeah, it's it's derivatives of six or eight. So you have, a, you have an eight by eight, and you have a sixteen by sixteen, and suddenly you're up to one hundred and twenty eight by one hundred and twenty eight. I think is is some of the larger ones. Is there a magic line there where, yeah, you could do an eight by eight, but when you start getting sixteen by sixteen, that's the line, or actually thirty two? I can prove that it's a four by four right now. So oh, okay. Yeah, you know, you get down to your cost per port, right? So, you know, when what what we'll do is you take all the gear it takes to get you your four by four and divide it by four by you know, divide it by uh, what 
um, eight, right? And that's your cost per port with everything in there. And if you think of it that way, um, when you start doing those calculations, it's like really where I'm at is the, it's the middleware on it, not changing it back to an HDBC or an HDMI conversion and not needing the backplane on it and relying on the switch. I mean, you're looking at 40 bucks per port for the middleware right now on the switches. And I think what, what kind of caught up in the industry was that your HD base tree uh, transmitters and your AV over IP transmitters cost are pretty close to each other in cost now for your transmitter and your receivers. You might get some advantage of, you know, if you're going to dump it in your rack and stuff like that, but the ability to add one more input at the last second and all that, it just, it doesn't make up for it. And I get, <laughs> I had sales guys come up and argue with me all the time on it, but it uh, be quite honest, down to even four by fours and six by fours, I'm showing them four thousand dollars in savings on their projects by going to AV over IP. Good night. Now, if I can, you got to give up HDR and a couple of other things uh, like that. But um, you know, because some of the transmitters aren't aren't there to that can do it at that point. In that price point, be honest, yeah. yeah, let's just be honest. That price point and that quality, you got to look at that. Now, some of the more expensive ones. Yeah, probably we can, we can take a look at that, but is that needed in a conference room, right? Yeah. One thing if I could add on to that too that I see, it's when the needs are asynchronous, right? If you have two inputs but 20 outputs, that's where it's really making more sense to go into AV over IP. Yeah, so when, in other words, when you've got a disproportionate or you're, you're basically paying for ports or paying for outputs or inputs that you're not simply using, right? Exactly. Um, Paul, I want to bring this around to another topic that has been honestly debated, and I've heard from various folks. I'm starting with you because I know Eric's Eric's answer. I'm going to still ask it to him anyway. Um, but that is the, the 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 debate over a, a private or public land or the or the production land, as as the IT uh, industry is want to call it. In other words, the 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 actual network that that all everything else gets done on. Right. This is the production land. Is the is where the the email happens and and where all the other uh, communications, uh, both internally and externally, happen. That's the production land, right? That's that's the one that that these folks are using on a daily basis. When AV over IP is debated and talked about a lot of times, it is the question of is your client going to want you to put AV over IP devices on their existing network? Or is it one that they're going to rely on folks like ABI systems and, and CTI to bring in and, and put um, a, a separate private LAN? Yeah, so uh, this is one of those, you're right, the, the challenge that always comes up regarding this is, again, which is the right way to go? And of course, the customer has the ultimate final say on this. Yeah. Now, the reality of what's going on inside of the marketplace is I think we're looking at the evolution of, again, the maturity of how people are working with these networks. Now that goes for both the IT side of it all and the AV industry as they're coming into this. And so right now, I think everybody's found that comfortable space where if we build them as two separate networks and make one single link between them, we'll all get along just fine and everything will be fine. Reality is though, we know the networks can handle it, the robustness needs to be there, and it actually gets to be, in a lot of ways, much more complicated when we go through and separate these off. Because th as we keep going forward inside of this, the idea of looking at the metrics, the status reporting, all the things that we want to do with watching what's happening inside of these systems and how they're being used, again, becomes far easier when we can go through and incorporate it as part of that production network 
then creating this kind of small, narrow channel where they can pull that information through. So I, I think what we're watching right now is just the natural progression of things going forward. This is just going to be another step along the way. And the idea of the AV network will probably stop talking about here soon enough. All right. Eric, same question. Uh, when you are talking with your clients or they're talking, you know, giving you feedback on this, which way are they predominantly going? First of all, let's think about the tools we're using, right? And going back even one step further, I, you know, AV over IP isn't a religion. People treat it as a religion. Let's put oh, no, no. It, it is a religion. Right? It is totally a religion. And let's do it at the sake of, would you put your HDMI matrix? Did you have to know every port of your HDMI matrix on your network? No. What I did is just create a solution for you that's cheaper, that doesn't touch your network. I mean, because I'm building off-the-shelf pieces of gear, put it in at a lower price and give you a ton of benefits. I can give you metrics, but why add the complication, right? You just you just outsourced three of your network staff last week, and you have so-and-so company on a managed contract here. When you upload your Cisco Catalyst firmware, is he going to go back through and, and, and align all the sports for IGMP? When a technician comes to the back of your rack, the reason why I love Nick here right now, we have one VLAN. We've learned how to make all this stuff work on one VLAN with the IGMP, keep Dante and everything happy on robust enough switches. So when the t technician accidentally unplugs it from this port and plugs it into this port, as long as it's on our switch, it's not shutting everything down if it's all on one VLAN. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times we're in the beginning days where someone accidentally unplugged a patch cable from here and plugged it into a major top 100 corporate company and shut down their entire network of multicast traffic. Yeah. And uh, I just, I hate the way it all started. To me, it seemed like the whole sell of putting a, AV out there to make it the same cost as HD base T. What they did is they borrowed the cost of the Cisco gear out there, the consult, some of the consultants did, to, to equalize it to the same cost of HD-based T in order to get that leverage out there in the beginning. And, um, and the way that we combated that, after we got through our first couple like that and went through all the headaches with it, what we did was say, look, we got to mock this up in our shop. Here's what I'm going to do. Yeah, you guys, you guys are great. You guys have the best network guys in the world. I'm going to have it ready to go at my shop. I'm going to bring it in, and it's got my switches on it. This is how we set it up. This is what you need. And uh, let me know when you want me to unplug my stuff and plug it into your network. And uh, the thing is, is, yeah, I know the consultant didn't bill on these switches, uh, but I'll tell you what, I'll deduct them directly from the order. I didn't have one client ever, ever, ever decide to put on their own network after they saw traffic. So I think it just complicates it. John, from Netgear's standpoint, when you guys start talking with clients and you start talking with, with dealers um, and you walk them, th this question inevitably will come up. You, you know, you, you're a switch manufacturer, right? And, and not to yeah. be silly, but you guys don't really care which, where they, which, you know, whose traffic you're, you're handling. You're, you're handling a lot. And as Eric just mentioned, the fact that you guys handle Dante as well as AV over IP and, and actually, obviously, you know, regular uh, non-AV traffic. What yeah. are you hearing back from them? But also, are, are you? Do you guys have a, a take or a stance on this one way or the other? Yeah, it's like you say. We we really are agnostic. Um, we can blend in with the company's current network landscape. Uh, I think that kind of depends on whether this is driven from the IT side or the AV side, right? Um, I think we're finding out that we recommend people to separate the networks, like Eric's talking about, because it does make things a lot easier to implement. 
uh, and there is no issue of crossing things over. But as Paul's saying too, it does actually make things easier sometimes uh, to, depending on the application, I think, to be able to do that. And we're, we can do it either way. We can set up VLANs for you as many as you want uh, out of the box. We do that for you to make sure it's easier out of the box to set up and get working right away. Uh, and that's something that's part of our Netgear IGMP Plus package of uh, features, really, if you will. So that's the great thing about being in the middle of all this. We can operate whichever way the facility needs to operate. And that even goes back to my time with other, other manufacturers saying, if you're coming into a system, we want to be able to operate with where you're comfortable with. We'll make some recommendations based on the input we get, but in the end, I want you to be comfortable with it so we can operate either way. Paul, let's let's kind of stick, take a step back, and, and before we get into the the actual back of the rack, when we're designing a system, what what are some things that the folks need to know about that that is not this is not your typical matrix? Yes, it, it it's replacing the the matrix switch a lot of times, but this is not always a, an apples to apples comparison. Well, uh, long list that's going to be inside of that, <laughs> but we'll try and pair it back quickly for you. Um, biggest things that always need to be consideration is, again, start looking at, again, what's the bid budget going to be? Yep. How can I go through and figure out what all is going to fit on this? And again, what's going to fit within the back plane? Those are all important factors for people to go through and start calculating when they're doing their work on this. Uh, the other part of it that really becomes important as they're moving forward Again, I think it comes back to that link that we're talking about to their production network is having those discussions early on with them, finding out what, you know, what do they want to see, what do they want to allow back and forth between these two potential networks that are going to exist uh, at this point in juncture, possibly for what they're going to be doing, or if we're landing directly on their network, again, how do we work in parity on this? And I think what really gets missed a lot of times is those early meetings and those discussions on that. In other words, there a lot of times people were waiting until here's the day we're actually rolling in with things and we're going to start working on this room. And it's, again, from an IT perspective, they're looking at that going, uh, heck and no, you're not going to get this on my network today and I'll see you in three, four weeks and then we'll start talking. So that's where I always want to have people, again, when they're starting their designs of these things is get those discussions going early, start working through the math of what's going to be involved inside of this. And then I think you're going to see your plans and your projects work together much smoother because now you're going to be able to go through, start mocking things up, as Eric said, building them inside your shop. So when you roll them into the place, everything really starts to make a lot more sense because people now are in sync with both teams. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's important that both of you mentioned the fact that of, of building out your, your systems, building out your racks in, in the warehouse, in the shop. Um, not only is that best practices from a VIXA standpoint, it just makes a whole lot of sense because then you are mocking everything up and um, making sure that everything's working, you know, not only just out of the box, but also, you know, within the rack. Um, Eric, one thing that, that I've learned from you over the years, and it was about network uh, architecture. And there are several different types of structures that you can put this together. When it comes to AV over IP, is from your opinion, and, and Paul will get yours, and then John yours, is, is there an overarching benefit to one network architecture over another when it comes to AV over IP? I'm not used to. I like to just bulldoze right through it, right? You know, and do a stack and do that. But you know, I have to give that gear some credit. They totally changed my mind. I, there are, to me, AV over IP. There's no better, better network configuration than the leaf and spine network. And I'll let okay. Nigeria talk about that more. They're more of the experts on it. But after reviewing it, seeing what you can do with it, the cost, it just blows everything else away. And we tested it against the catalyst switches. And it's amazing what 
what we get out of the leaf and spawning style networks versus just a straight through uh, backbone on a, on a catalyst. All right. Yeah, I'm yep, I'm going to agree with where he's going with this. Um, as we know, our customers and the way they lay out their buildings and, again, their equipment as it goes through the facilities, um, this just works much better for everybody. Uh, they're able to go through and actually demonstrate and work with this uh, much simpler system with the existing infrastructure that's already been pulled in. All right. John, what's Leaf and Spine and why is it better? Well, I, I wish I had prepared a little bit more because I'm, I'm still the AV guy coming here to a networking company. So uh, I think Paul and Eric can correct me if I'm wrong, really. But uh, in my layman's understanding of it, really, it's just sharing the resources and the links across multiple switches instead of just pushing everything up to the top, um, to the core switch and back down. And that's something, again, being an AV guy coming in, uh, I wouldn't know how to wire these things up. Um, but it's being able to share those links and with the, the type of uplinks we have, the speed and the bandwidth of those, we can move the streams around easier and quicker than a, you might in a uh, other uh, stacking situation. We can stack as well, no problem. But also because of the stuff we do, the special sauce we add on our switches, uh, we enable that out of the box and we make sure that when you do have some encoders that hook up to one switch, they're not gonna flood the rest of your network. So that typically, I think, is where you'd use that core switch and go up the pike there. With spine and leaf, you're spreading that around, and we're making sure that the switch where the encoders are plugged in are going to limit that traffic across the rest of the network. And that's the huge thing that I think people have gotten bad taste in their mouth years ago when people would plug in AV over IP in a network and instantly bring that network down. And the IT admins are like, whoa, 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 hang on a second. And they get a bad taste for AV over IP. If it's done correctly and we enable this out of the box again, then we can live on your network and enable multicasting in the proper way. And part of that is through that spine leaf technology. Okay, very cool. Uh, Paul, Eric mentioned you know, Dante a few minutes ago. I want to bring that back around to other, you know, other protocols that we need to be concerned about. It's not just AV over IP. And let's be frank, there are about the last time that I counted a dozen or so versions of AV over IP. Uh, I'm not even going to call flavors because different people use uh, you know, JPEG 2000. Some use different protocols or di different types of encoders. So you've got AV over IP, but you also have these other transports that we're, we're handling. What other protocols and what other uh, signals do we need to worry about on these private networks? Ooh, um, I was going to say uh, other protocols and stuff that we run into a lot of times nowadays have been like NDI. Okay. Again, Powerful one that uh, covers a lot of different things. Also lets us delve into the broadcast world yep. and things that they're involved in. I can't then at the same time not drop AES inside this, AES 67. Yep. Another important one that we want to go through and have considerations of inside of those designs. All right. Eric, are there any gotchas with any of these other protocols or making these protocols play nicely on the same network? You do. Um, what's nice is... Like I said, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm really a fan of Netgear right now. And the reason being is that they started off with the most bandwidth intensive one, which is SDOVE, which they made all their product work for 10 gig infrastructure, right? So what's nice is when you come down to the one gig, you got 10 to one extra overhead bandwidth and all this stuff. So the one gig stuff is just easily transporting through it right at the moment. So what I've been able to do with their stuff is there's just no worry for it. Uh, the only thing you really have to kind of watch out for is that some of the clock timings and when you set up your disk serve, like to use the same 
you know, just sort of numbers, right? You do have to look through the manuals a little bit, or you might have to modify it. The only one that gets a little tricky is, um, I think, the QSIS and Dante kind of like to use the same uh, protocol, but there's a couple different ways we can set it up in the console and the QSIS and open it together as well. Uh, the last thing, I, I really haven't had anything clog up each other after okay. after we've gone over to this at all. Like, I just I haven't been able to break it. And the best part is, is I pulled out of the box and it works. My guys wow. don't set it up. One of the reasons that we actually were, were kind of uh, gathered together is, is I was talking with uh, Eric. Like I mentioned the fact that Eric's in, in my backyard and he and I have been buddies for a lot of time. He and I were talking about something that you, uh, Paul, he and I, he, you and he are on called the Netgear Council. Um, it, it's a group of engineers, uh, AV uh, engineers. You guys sit around and, and you um, advise Netgear. Um, you share stories. You you help each other. I want to kind of break this apart because Netgear is, is not inherently unique, but they, this is one of the more uh, intensive groups that I've, that I've gotten to know. Paul, from, from your standpoint and AVI system standpoint, what do you guys get out of being on a council like this? Well, I'd say one of the big things we get is education. Okay. Uh, there's no question that uh, as you've got your workforce and they're moving down the line of, again, technology, how can you keep them up to date? How can you keep them up to speed with what's going on out there in the world and what they're going to use in the field? And Netgear has really taken a very proactive stance of being involved in getting people educated inside of this. And that I really have to applaud. Um, I think it's one of those opportunities that other manufacturers and companies could go through and make the investment of, but they've definitely taken the first jump at this. And that education, like I said, it starts off with your technicians and things that they're going to go through and start getting familiar with of the product. And you can look at that and say, well, that's just a bunch of marketing that's going through. But it goes much deeper than that, that they're able to go through and actually set up uh, quizzes, tests, things like that for people to go through and actually validate that knowledge that they've put together inside of this so that as they're going out into the field, they're putting things together. Is it beneficial to what I'm doing with a project that has a net your product inside of it? The answer is yes. But is it good information that I should know as being an AV professional? The answer is yes again. So that is one of the key things that really I would say AVI and I like to think most integrators are going to want to go through and take advantage of as they move forward. One thing I, I will point out is the fact that you both are engineers and um, it's very difficult to market directly to engineers um, because you guys have a pretty hard shell. Uh, so I, mm -hmm. I, I appreciate what you were saying about, you know, it's not just marketing because you're right. It, getting through to engineers and, and strictly marketing straight to them is, is not an easy task. But if you, if you bring education and bring value to the conversation, I, I have found that you guys are, are a lot more... Um, so, you know, accepting the to different messages. Um, John, from, from Netgear's standpoint, what do you guys get uh, besides obviously a, a group of really smart folks to, to kind of hang out with? Yeah, that's, that's huge. Uh, of course, coming in, Tim, is just getting the people who are actually using this equipment. So, you know, let me back up a little bit. Netgear saw the need for, uh, for products in this marketplace, and they really started really through our product line manager, uh, Laurent Massia, uh, started amassing the products and getting the features in there, but also the company in general was steering around to say, hey, let's focus on this marketplace. So hiring people like myself and technical product marketing managers like Randy and other sales engineers and other 
design engineers, we got the idea of let's just listen to the needs of the marketplace. So uh, last December is when we first convened this Pro AV Council uh, with 10 of like the top uh, integrators and consultants in the industry. And it was amazing the talent we got. And everybody was so great to give us good feedback, honest feedback. So we get feedback directly from the users uh, into what they need in the marketplace, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. And we had engineers in the meetings, we had marketing, we had sales, the whole team was covered. So we, we really get that instant feedback without trying to make a product and hope it works like some manufacturers do. We could get feedback right away and know that that's what we're doing. In fact, we just talked with Eric and Paul, I think yesterday or Paul, maybe tomorrow, we're having more meetings about some new products coming up. So we're keeping this going for sure. Yeah. It's not just a one-time thing. One of the things in, in my conversation with, with you guys earlier on was, was about um, something that you guys uh, started with, started for, for Netgear with um, helping engineers design some of those systems. Uh, walk me through that process. Like if, if I'm if I'm an engineer and, and I'm under Eric at, at, at CTI and I've got an issue, how do, I, how do you walk me through that? So that's, that's the cool part about this. Uh, we have this team of design engineers that we offer for free for the Pro AV Marketplace only. So not really for your home router or home system. But if you are getting ready for a job and you do to uh, design a network system, then you call up or you email this proavdesign at netgear.com email address. And within two hours, I believe is the promise to get back to you with some more questions and we'll work with you on that design. So we'll help design that system before you actually need to submit it for approval or for reference and then work with you through installation as well with that and also post installation for any issues that might come up too. So a dedicated team of people, and this is worldwide. So Nick, you're certainly uh, headquartered in the US, but we have a team of these design engineers throughout almost every time zone. So really 24 seven, seven days a week, we can really get somebody to you within a couple hours time to help. And the fact that you haven't spread out throughout the globe, it helps with that two hour turnaround, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Guys, as we wrap up here, Eric, I'm going to bring you in on this. How do we get, how do engineers, um, folks where you guys are and, and, and technicians, the guys that you guys and gals that you work with, um, how do you guys get the folks, the, the salespeople and the, you know, kind of the, the integrators as, as a whole to embrace this, this AV over IP uh, solution as, as a standard or, or do we? Yeah, for me, it was the jaw-dropping efficiency um, matrix. So basically, you know, it's like, all right, I, I put a contest out there. I said, okay, guys, um, uh, I'm going to go against you. I'm going to put together my AV over IP product. Anything over 4x4, four four, let's go build systems together, complete system at the end of the day. Whoever has the, who can ever beat me, I'm going to give you $100. And no one could beat me when I was doing over AV over IP. And we did it from the sales group. Wow. And then some of the savings and some of the systems, even not the asymmetrical ones, right, um, were being like $8,000 that they could hide in, in the hole on it, right? And we were started winning bids that way. Now, the trick is, you know, yeah, you know, Eric, you give them all the secret stuff, you know, shut up, Eric. Well, the problem is, is that's out there now. I think everyone out there realizes that to some point. The scary part is what's always been is that you don't get that return if you have the network problems and people going out and people keep configuring and people, you get into voodoo land with AV guys who are working with networking stuff, right? That's where 
I really appreciated Netgear's approach to this. It was like going, look, uh, we're going to build a product around AV instead of around networking. We understand networking, so we're going to build a product specifically for AV that looks at AV, that AV guys at the GUI level understand how to set up and solve those challenges. You know, the, the innards of the guts of the switch are quality products, I'm sure, and I'm sure other people can build them. But the secret sauce is going to go there, and I think that's, that's what I'm looking for. The reason why I'm on the console is because if I don't have that element to where it's going to take a, you know, a really high-priced guy to go set every single one of these up in the field every single time, we're not going to get the returns on the investment that we're looking for in that. Scenario. So it's not just about saving on the matrix. It's also saving on, on labor costs as well. Absolutely. Right. And then, you know, and I'll let Nick here speak to it, but uh, there's been, I, I haven't, you know, they offered me just to get me going. Hey, look, if we have any that are messed up or, or sent to you wrong, we'll take care of you. Right. And I haven't had any sent to me wrong or messed up. Matter of fact, my guys are going, like, Oh my God. Eric, this is, a, this is, this is game changing. And so to the fact that really what it was, it's coming up with the structure and the belief of what they're doing right now. And, and I got the trust from them because we've gotten into esports and gaming and there's no one in the market right now that's moving bits faster. And there's no one who's more particular about their network. You talk about frame latency in the gaming world. The CV over AP stuff's easy for them considering that stuff, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Paul, as we wrap up here, is, is there something that, that either the AV industry, the integrators, manufacturers, consultants maybe, um, what will it take for, for this technology to take a, a bigger hold and, and have a bigger adoption rate? <laughs> well, I think that's going to come down to just the stone cold truth. Um, does anybody else see anything else on the horizon that is better? Yeah. The fact of the matter is, is that that's not coming. This is what's coming. This is what's happening for us. And if you're choosing to ignore this, stick your head in the sand, uh, best of luck to you, I guess is what I'd say. So <laughs> if I was going to say anything, it's uh, get your network chops up, get your understanding of this. You understand AV. You understand what's happening with that. And all those principles still come into play inside of this. This is just one more dimension as we continue to grow and evolve. Um, anybody who's been in this business for any period of time has probably gone through at least two, if not three evolutions of what this industry has happened. Welcome to another one, folks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John, as we wrap up here, you, you not only obviously work for, for Netgear, you come from an AV background, uh, sitting in, in a unique chair there. What do you think the, will take for, for AV over IP to, to gain bigger adoption? I think a lot of it's really understanding and training uh, and making sure people are comfortable. Um, from I know from my side, the AV people are a little less comfortable with IT, and we've talked about that a little bit already, but I think that's what it comes down to. It's they're they're going to deploy what they're more comfortable with, which they think they can uh, deploy quicker with the least amount of headache. And as they start doing more and more of these, uh, they'll understand that it actually can be easy. And as they start going to more trainings, you know, Netgear is partnering with a lot of manufacturers that's where it's fun to be in my seat now with all the different manufacturers we get to partner with to offer training uh, through the SDVOE organization and just regular Netgear training with these other partners to show them how easy it is. I think that's what's going to start making the dent in the uh, numbers of adoption. Very good. Uh, Eric, last question here is, is how do we make people more comfortable then? John said, let's make them more comfortable. How do we do that? 
Well, what we got to do is this an industry or this. You got to we got to give up this proprietary crap. Everyone knows that everyone's borrowing a piece of Tico and JPEG 2000 streamings, right? You know, yep. um, and 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 make a and let's do some interopping, right? Yeah, you can have a superior technology on it, but the one thing that hasn't unified the AV over IP streaming yet is that everyone's gone and done their own thing. Of course, they want to grab their market share and stuff. But I think it's time for a Dante video or someone else out there to regulate it all, do plug fest and go, look, we're going to make all this stuff on their app and work together. And I think the first companies that get there on that, Audinate looks like it's getting there. NDI is already there. Look what they did. They just devalued a ton of companies overnight by giving out the algorithm everyone can use. Yeah. But it'll, it will move the industry forward. You can sit there and pretend that you're going to own it forever. Or we can just get over it and start making better products that fit into it. And that's DOVE. Yes, they're already there, you know, and, and making their stuff on our app. And, you know, the biggest problem we have that I have with SDOVE is this, in short terms and giant productions, it makes total sense. 10 gig infrastructure technology a little bit, though, and doing it in mass quantities and, and lower level rooms. It's just, it's a little too expensive to get the, the 10 gig. Uh, infrastructure and for that where it makes makes the same sense as one game all right very good that'll be a good place to stop it thank you all so much uh john hinkle from netgear thank you sir thank you tim appreciate your time and everybody else's too been a good yep. conversation absolutely uh how do people get a hold of you or netgear so you can find me at uh j hinkle j-h-e-n-k-e-l at netgear.com and certainly netgear.com for more information all right very good Mr. Paul Miller from AVI Systems. Welcome. Thank you, sir. And it's always been a pleasure to see you again, Tim. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, how do people get a hold of you guys or AVI Systems or you or AVI Systems? Sure. Uh, AVISystems.com is the easiest place to go through and find us. Uh, otherwise, you have the option of going through, uh, if you're in the San Diego area, next Wednesday, the 11th, AVI Live will be happening and you can stop by and see us there. So uh, lots of opportunities to go through and find lots of people from AVI Systems located nationwide. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. I'm Mr. Snyder. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, how do people get a hold of you or CTI? Uh, yeah, at our webpage. Um, we've done some improvements to it now. So we got someone monitoring it 24-7. Uh, we're more than happy to take on any questions and they get to the right people. It's pretty impressive technology we added to it. So uh, just want to chat with a particular person with the company, type it in there and we'll get you on board. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, for us, for Aviation, go by the website, avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. You'll find programs like this and a host of others, including two weekly programs that looks at the commercial side of the AV industry and the residential side of AV. All that and more at avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv.